I'd like to welcome all of you to worship this day on the third Sunday of Advent. It's hard to believe that we're already here on the third Sunday. Um, as we prepare for worship, I invite you to gather. If you have three candles, excellent. Um, but even one candle will suffice as we go through our litany for uh, this third Sunday of Advent and light the candles um, so yeah, if you have if you have three, great. If you don't, that's also okay. Let us begin our worship with the litany for hope for those who are watching. Advent is a time to awaken our spiritual senses. We stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Repeat them in our day. Grant us vision to behold your glory. We stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Repeat them in our day. Quiet us so that we may hear your still, soft voice. We stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Repeat them in our day. Make us vessels of your mercy, compassion, and grace. We stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Repeat them in our day. For all of us eagerly watching for your glory in our midst, Grant that we might have the peace of Christ as we wait, the love of Christ as we act, and the grace of Christ as we speak. Today we light three candles. The first reminds us of those who find themselves in a season of waiting, resting in hopeful anticipation for God to act. The second candle is for anyone feeling weakened and wearied by the circumstances of life. We echo the cry of scripture to renew their strength and increase their power. The third candle awakens our spiritual senses, challenging us to embrace the glory of God as we await our Savior's promised coming. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. 
Stir up the wills of all who look to you, Lord God, and strengthen our faith in your coming, that transformed by grace we may walk in your way. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading comes from Isaiah, the 35th chapter. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are, a, who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. The Lord will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense to me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. <clears throat> if you have ever wondered whether doubts and questions are allowed to be a part of this life of faith, then I would invite you to look no further than this text from Matthew today to know that yes, yes, questions and doubts are acceptable and a part of this life of faith we live. 
We fast forward ahead a bit in our story about John the Baptist. We left last week with him proclaiming about the coming of Jesus Christ, and then we've skipped over the part where John baptizes Jesus, and then enter into this week where John, this once confident proclaimer of the coming of the Messiah, the one who leapt in his mother's womb in recognition of Jesus, the one who heard the voice of God at Jesus' baptism say, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, is now asking, Hey, Jesus, are you really the one we've been waiting for? John, the Baptist, who has more reasons than most to be confident in his faith, is full of doubts and questions and uncertainties. He is in prison because of his work proclaiming the coming of Jesus the Messiah. And as a brief side note, as cruel and unkind as prisons are today, prison was worse in biblical days. John is in prison being tortured, and all of a sudden he seems to be wondering and doubting if this has all been worth it, if he got it right. So he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? And there is a lot of freedom and power for us in John's doubting and questioning. It gives permission to and for our own doubts and questions. We have all had times of doubting and wondering if this Jesus thing is all that it is cracked up to be. And while perhaps we have not spent any time in prison, we've certainly looked at the world around us from time to time and then asked God, hey, what gives? You know, each of us in our own way knows personal loss and tragedy, terrible accidents and terrible illnesses that took those we love from us too gruesomely and too soon. And it makes us question and it makes us doubt. What was supposed to be a two-week lockdown turned into almost two years of navigating a a pandemic and its effects are still being felt and dealt with today and probably will be for a long time. And it makes us question and doubt. And in all of this, in our own ways, we ask John's same question to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for someone else? And like John, we ask this question of, hey, Jesus, are you going to do that Messiah stuff you promised to do? Even though we have our own stories and experiences of the realness of God. John literally heard the voice of God after he baptized Jesus. And we have our own stories and experiences of God's real presence in our lives. But sometimes the weight of the world is just that heavy that we question everything. But what is really interesting in all of this is how Jesus responds. He doesn't just tell John's disciples a simple, yes, I'm the one you've been waiting for. Rather, Jesus says to them, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus says, go and tell, go and tell of the faithfulness of God. And Jesus is paraphrasing our Isaiah text for today in Matthew, a text that John would have known well. Go and tell 
and remind John of God's faithfulness. Believe in God's faithfulness for John in this moment where he cannot have faith. Go and tell and love John in his doubts and questions. And friends, this is what we are invited into as well. The story of God's salvation of God's people is long. God does not always move and act within our ideal time frames, but God is always faithful to God's people. God is always faithful to you. And part of being the body of Christ is to remind each other of God's promises and what God has done and is doing and will do. Just as Jesus tells John's disciples to go and tell, we too are invited to go and tell of the wonders and faithfulness of God to each other and to a world that desperately needs to hear this good news. We are called to have faith for our neighbor who cannot believe on their own at any given moment for whatever the reason. And we know that we too, either right now or someday down the road, will need someone to come and tell us of God's faithfulness and to have faith for us because we cannot believe on our own right now. This is a part of the gift of being members of the body of Christ that is so countercultural to the ways of the world. It is a gift to go and tell and believe for others, and it is a gift to have others come and tell and believe for you. And this is why we gather to worship Because each and every Sunday, every holiday, every midweek service, every funeral, every wedding, any and every service you can think of tells us again of God's faithfulness to you and to all of creation. And we know this faithfulness of God most concretely in the cross of Jesus, and we need to be reminded of that story again and again. Because it is a bit of a strange story. I mean, what kind of God is willing to die for their people? And yet, God in the person of Jesus Christ is willing and has died for you and for all people. And what's more is that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and the powers of sin and death are no more. In Jesus Christ, God proves God's faithfulness to you in life and in death and beyond. God does this not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And God is so wildly in love with God's creation, with you, that God sent Jesus so that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And so that you may know the promise of God's faithfulness and salvation and love for you and for the whole world. Amen. We will sing together if you know or have the words, My soul proclaims your greatness.
Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray together as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.